0: Welcome to Tea for Two, the podcast for women in golf and the men who support them. With your host, Karen Harding.
1: Welcome. Our guest today is something of a history maker. Hannah Green has further stamped her place in golf annals by becoming not just the first female to win one of the WebEx Players Series mixed gender events in Australia but the first woman to win a four-round mixed-gender tournament on any major tour in the world. In doing so, she has succeeded in making a strong statement about women professional golfers, as well as placing Australia in the spotlight. To say her achievement has created news is an understatement, with it receiving attention on major news outlets around the world, as well as global golf forums. Hannah is no stranger to big achievement. In 2019, she became a Rolex first time winner on the LPGA Tour in no less than one of the Games majors, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. This was the first wire to wire victory at a major since 2011, and the first major win by an Australian since her mentor and good friend Kari Webb in 2006. Hannah has also represented Australia in the 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo and later in the year won the $1 million Aon Risk Reward Challenge. Through it all, she has remained someone with a down-to-earth attitude, a commitment to giving back, and a tremendous ambassador for the game and for women's golf. We are very fortunate that she has been able to spend some time to talk with us today. Hannah, hello. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, Hannah, you've made a pretty good start to your 2022 season, winning your first two starts of the year. And, it must be said, making quite the impact in doing so. Your winning both the Vic Open at 13th Beach and, in particular, the Players' Series Murray River at Cobram Baruga the following week has caused people in every corner of golf and even outside of golf to celebrate what you've achieved. What does that look like from the inside looking out?
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't realize how significant my win on Sunday was winning in Cobram. I didn't realize that I was going to be the first female worldwide. I thought it was just going to be within the player series and within Australia. So to see the impact that it's had, the event, as well as you know being on front pages in the sport and things like that, it's been a huge outreach here in Australia and around the world.
1: How would you describe the wins themselves, Hannah? Did they feel comfortable or were there moments where you just had to grind?
0: Definitely Vic Open was a bit more of a grind, playing against Whitney Hillier a fellow Western Australian. She had a really good front nine in the last round and I wasn't going so well. So my lead dropped to two, which is still a good buffer, but I was starting to feel the nerves as I think I was one of the favorites to win the tournament. But I feel like Cobram was a little bit easier because I had the experience from big open and get yeah, just the experience from other tournaments on LPGA as well. So I was still nervous. It's still very important to me to win on home soil and, you know, play these events back here.
1: You came back to tournament golf after a long break, around three months spent in Perth working hard with your coach, Richie Smith, as well as freshening up for the year ahead. What were you working on over that period that was shown to best advantage at 13th Beach and at Cobram Baruga?
0: I think we were just continuing the form that I, the progress I was making in 2021. I had a really good preseason and the first six months of the year, I got off to a really hot start. So we were working on similar things. I've added a bit of length the last couple of years to my game and just continuing to search for that. But I feel like my body's in a better physical state than it has been. And it's always nice when I come home, it kind of resets when I take that time off. So we've just been working on the same things. I feel like now as the level that I am, there's not going to be too many big changes. It's just always making sure that I don't get too far away from what we're trying to work on.
1: On paper, the Vic Open Championship is your biggest win on Australian soil so far in terms of event status. But for impact, it's hard to go past the TPS Murray River at Cobram Baruga, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. I've played big open for probably nine years now and um, only 25. So I've been fortunate enough to play that event for so long, but I felt that it was important to play the Players series tournaments, especially since I haven't really played anything in a couple of years with COVID, you know, restricting us. So yeah, the amount of outpour that I've gotten from that event, I feel like everyone that lived in Brugge really wanted me to win the event. So I just felt the support from them and everyone on social media.
1: Female golfers have won mixed gender pro-ams over one or two days, including actually Mamoka Kabori, who performed well over those two events herself. There's never been a 72-hole professional event until now. At what point did the significance of your doing so kick in?
0: I feel like it's always been a great initiative, but because it's been pretty tough with the borders, it hasn't really been able to kick off quite as well as they probably would have liked. They have four of these events on the schedule here in Australia. And I know Annika Sorenstam and Henrik Stenson have a similar tournament up in Sweden. So I feel like with the news, I think people will try and incorporate these type of formats around the world. I don't see why you wouldn't do it. So long as the scaling is correct and this is fair for men and the women, it just helps both games. I was really happy that I went and played, obviously because I did win, but it was a lot of fun playing with the guys in the same competition, not just playing with them.
1: There's a certain pride for Australia, isn't there, that the Vic Open is the one that actually started this momentum in mixed gender events?
0: Yeah, definitely. There's an event over an island that's now a LPGA event that is the same format as Vic Open. And yeah, hopefully next year we can have our co-sanctioned tours come back and everyone loves Australia and everyone loves 13th Beach and the format with having spectators uh, with no ropes and, you know, letting them get a little bit closer to us to see what we really do on the golf course. So, yeah, I think it wouldn't be too big a leap for possibly the LPGA and the PGA Tour to start thinking about getting men and women at the same venue at the same time.
1: it be interesting to see how that unfolds, won't it? In the seven rounds played over the Vic Open and then the TPS at Cobram before the final round there, you were either leader three times, equal leader three times, or second once. Now, that's an extraordinary mental effort, really, over such a sustained period. Many players do struggle to win in successive weeks. Was there any mental fatigue going into that last day at Cobram?
0: I think so. I feel like every time I played my round, I never got off to a great start. So I'm not sure if that's just because I it took me longer to get up or... Perhaps I just didn't like the front nine of the golf course, but mm-hmm. I feel like because, yeah, I've had a bit more attention on me after not playing for three months. There's definitely been some sort of fatigue that I might have not quite noticed when I wake up for the day. So uh, it's for the right reasons. It's great to see golf getting the exposure that it deserves here in Australia. And hopefully just with the next you know summer of golf that it continues
1: The Vic Open and the Players Series events have different structures in that the Vic Open is separate championships for men and women playing in the same field but for separate trophies and separate prize pools of equal money. Whilst the TPS events are mixed gender fields, every player playing for the one trophy and one prize pool, do you prefer one format over the other?
0: I can see the more popular format being the same venue, but two separate championships, because not all golf courses might have the best setup for the men and the women for the tee. So it's hard to just be able to change the original golf course to cater for that. I definitely think that the format of the TPS, you know, in one championship is a great event, but it might not make it to the major tours um, all around the world.
1: The influence of course setup has been the subject of a lot of discussion and conjecture in the last 12 months in particular. After the two 2021 events, um, Karen Lunn and Nick Dasty, who set the course up at Cobram in conjunction with Graham Scott from the PGA, put in a lot of work to create as level a playing field as possible. Do you feel the way the course was set up had any influence on the strong performance by women players at Cobram? We had four women in the top 10, which was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that Cobram last week, there were a couple of holes that perhaps were a little bit shorter than what the men would. But I think with the scaling, you know, they were they were looking to see the, probably the longest hitters on tour. Um, and Cobram was quite unique it was actually a lot of dog legs. So it just depended on how aggressive you wanted to be off the team. If you strategically played, you know, to the middle of the fairway and didn't cut corners, you probably would have had similar clubs um, in, but with me being aggressive, like normal on a golf course, um, I was always pretty much hitting driver and trying to get the shortest club in my hands as possible. So um, there's, there's going to be courses. Like I think Rosebud, um, they were probably more similar clubs in length, um, but with Cobram was a little bit shorter for the females, but I'm pretty sure Bonnie doing pretty similar. Um, and that's a real championship golf course as well. So that'll be um, a good test for both the mm. men and the women. It'll
1: be interesting to see how things unfold there, won't it? The TPS Murray River was further titled in honour of Jared Lyle, the beloved Australian golfer who sadly passed away in 2018. And it was lovely to see Briony Lyle on hand to present you with the trophy. There are elements of Jared in you, Hannah, in some ways, a similar laid-back, down-to-earth attitude, generosity to others, love for your family and friends, and a sense of fun. This endeared Jared to fans, and it seems you are doing the same. How much does connecting with the fans give you a sense of contributing to the game's future?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, they're the reasons why we're able to play golf um, to be able to give a show to them. And I I feel like I don't get the opportunity to play so much in Australia these days. So when I do have the opportunity, I want to make sure that obviously I'm having fun out there, but that I'm also trying to give back as much as possible without um, distracting myself or draining myself. So um, last week, um, it was a lot of fun. It was great to see everyone dressed in yellow and um just to see all the spectators out there and up with the TPS series we have the junior uh, tournament running alongside us on the weekend so it was great to see the kids out there um playing with us and also bringing their friends to come out so um yeah i i think it was great to have bruni there and um you know supporting jared's you know cause always but um to have her yeah present me with the trophy was also very special
1: there's also the no small matter of both you and Jarrett favouring the bucket hat. What is it with the bucket hats?
0: Yeah, um, it was um, so hot in Tokyo last year that um, it was either I was going to get some on my head or I wear a bucket hat. And um, I've been no stranger to wearing them um, during the off season when it's really hot in Perth. and. Um, yeah, it was a huge, um, thing when I was in the Olympics and, you know, on TV back here in Australia. So, um, I do have some strips of bucket hats that I'll be wearing, but unfortunately most of the places we play are a bit too windy to have them, but, um, you know, it, it helps, you know, not trying to get sunburnt and keeps you a little bit cooler when you're on the golf course. So Jared and I have good style. <laughs>
1: There was something you alluded to a little earlier that I'd like to just discuss briefly. That's another element in your two wins that deserves mentioning which is the two courses themselves not just in terms of their quality but they're both regional courses which have member clubs but allow public access. Showcasing courses like these and others through events like the TPS can be a boon to both grassroots development um, but it also helps out with tourism in those local areas doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, the amount of people that had uh, assumed were from New South Wales or Victoria, um, that came to the event last week, um, was great. And even 13th beach, I know a lot of people from the other peninsula came across on the ferry to come and watch us all. So, um, it's great to have um, so much support for these events. Um, ever since uh, big open went to 13th beach, we had amazing crowds, um, I feel like every year it just gets bigger and bigger. So I'm sure now that um, Cobram Baruga is probably a little bit more on the map now for golf, um, people will be making the trip up there and even want to play the golf course themselves.
1: Well, you've certainly done your bit to put Cobram Baruga on the map, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's
1: go back to where it all started. Where did you first hit a golf ball and with whom?
0: Um, so my dad is the golfer in the family. Um, I'm an only child and my parents wanted me to go out into the golf course when I was quite young, just to go out with dad and, um, watch him play. So he uh, plays at a golf course called Hillview golf course, which is, uh, public and, um, near Kalamunda, kind of near the Hills in WA. So he's to this day still plays there with his social group. Um, And, yeah, that's where I found the love for it. Um, I wanted to try and, you know, hit golf balls, hit some putts, and then eventually I was hitting too many shots that I needed to get my own set of clubs and um, just started doing clinics. I'd say that's probably the most popular way that a lot of us females on tour have gotten into golf um, through our fathers or a family member wanting us to play.
1: Mm, Yes, girl dads have an important role, don't they, to play. Did you have heroes in golf as a youngster?
0: Um, When I was quite young, I I never really um, watched any golf. Um, It was only until I decided to go to a a golfing high school in Como Golf Academy that I started to watch. So my first hero, I guess, was my dad because, you know, I thought he was just the best golfer ever. Um, and he was obviously teaching me so I looked up to him but um, once I yeah decided to go to Como um, that's when I started to watch a bit more and that's when Kari was um, also winning tournaments on tour so she became my idol pretty quickly and um, obviously great reasons and you know to this day she still is um, as a person and as a golfer she is uh, a great person to try and be like.
1: Yes we can't overstate the impact that Kari's had on Australian golf can we? At what age and stage did you join Mount Lawley?
0: Um, So when I first started playing golf, I was probably nine and a half, ten years old, and then I actually joined um, a golf club called Hartfield. It was pretty close to Hillview um, where my dad still plays, and I was only there for probably six months just because there was only myself and one other junior girl. Um so at the time I was playing some, you know, at back in the day, Grand Marsh Junior Golf Foundation tournaments. So playing at other clubs, and that's where I met um a lady, Shirley Reynolds, um, Shauna Gobby and Sue Thompson, um, who were members of Mount Lawley and told me that there were seven or eight other girls similar age. So I would have been probably eleven or twelve when I first joined there. And um yeah, haven't looked back since I'm very yeah. grateful that um, I'm a member there and you know the support that I've had from them over the last yeah 10 to 15 years.
1: You mentioned the incomparable Sue Thompson who puts in a lot of time nurturing the young players there what role does having somebody like Sue help with the young players in their own development?
0: Yeah it's huge to have someone that gives up their time um, to see others try to succeed Um, I think we have the most female members, um, in the state of Western Australia at Mount Orley. Um, I heard nearly 20 to 30 girls, um, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, it it makes a big difference if there's someone able to coordinate everything. Um, the girls and guys do junior training on Tuesday afternoons. Um, they're starting to do some stuff, not just for penance as well. So, um, you know, it's great to see so many kids at the golf club practising because back when I was practising after school, there wasn't too many of us. So, yeah, it's very important to have someone so dedicated, um, yeah, to, to the juniors.
1: When did you start working with Richie Smith?
0: Um, so I think I would have been probably 12 when I first started working with him. Um, I had just made the junior squad. Um and I was working with a coach at Mount Wally, um, Duncan Keg. But with you know how I wanted my golf to progress, I decided to start seeing Richie and yeah, haven't looked back since. So it's great to have had such a long relationship with him and um, also all the other coaches that I'm still currently working with. Um, nearly everyone's been in my circle for the last 10 plus years.
1: There's uh, one member of your coaching team we should mention, and that's a quiet man in golf, Ryan Lumsden from Kew Golf, who's become a friend as well as a service provider. Ryan's record working with major winners and top players and coaches is outstanding. What does he bring to you both as a coach and also as a friend?
0: yeah he's looked after me ever since i've met him i'm not sure if that's because of my scottish heritage or, but
1: um, well john huggins trying to claim you isn't he
0: yes he's definitely trying no i've known brian for so long and um you know he's always had my back um we haven't been able to see all that much of each other the last couple of years because of covid but um I actually did my hotel quarantine in Adelaide uh before the Olympics and um he picked me up and took me to the airport he came and brought me food and puzzles and everything so it's not just um golf that he helps me with he's um always been there so I'm, I'm very grateful for him and um I hope that he yeah doesn't always stay behind the scenes and you know gets himself out there and acknowledges that he does
1: He, uh, of course, was born in St Andrews and you had a rather fun game there together, didn't you?
0: Yeah, that was my first time going to St Andrews and um, he managed to get a round of golf for me on there and um, one of his good friends was there to take some photos as well and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I have so many photos from that trip that I'll always remember and I've got a couple at home all printed and um, around the house as well. So, I'm very grateful for that too.
1: Let's move over to some of your other big achievements, starting with the KPMG PGA Championship. Leading from start to finish must surely be the most pressure packed way to win, let alone for a maiden victory and a major to boot. That last putt was estimated to be around eight to 10 feet. As you stood over it, you looked completely focused on your process and to us, very calm. Were you feeling calm and how long did that putt look to you?
0: Um, No, I was not calm at all. Um, (laughs) I think once I got to the 18th tee and hit my tee shot, I kind of relaxed a little bit, but um, the shot into the green and the putt, I was just as nervous um surprisingly with the bunker shot i actually felt pretty confident that i was going to get it close and um i, I think the part was probably closer to five to six feet but mm-hmm. um i felt like my hands were shaking and everything and i've looked back at the video obviously a hundred times and it doesn't look too bad so that was kind of nice to know that what i'm feeling is a little bit different to what it looks like but um yeah, I, I guess I was kind of in a state of shock with how I reacted post uh, holding the pot. It kind of hadn't really sunk in until I gave my caddy a hug and, you know, everyone came onto the green and celebrated pouring beer all over <laughs> me.
1: A lot of good old Aussie larrikin <laughs> celebration there, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Australian golf fans at home obviously roared that morning as you did sink that putt. Did you have a sense during the week when you held the lead that the country was supporting you? And is that support a comfort or is there a degree of pressure to that?
0: Um, Yeah, my social media blew up that week so that I actually had to turn all of my notifications off so that I wouldn't get so caught up in what I was trying to achieve on Sunday. You know, I obviously had messages from people that, you know, are close to me and I responded to that, but um, I tried to stay off my phone as much as possible and it was great. The environment that I was in that week, um, sharing a house with Kari, Jared, Sue, and a couple of the girls, Grace and Becky. Um, We had a barbecue that Saturday night, invited a few more Australians over and just distracted myself from the situation. Um, And I'm I'm very fortunate that I'm a great sleeper. So that Saturday night, um, I think I got eight or nine hours of sleep. Um, So, yeah, that was good. But um, I definitely felt the pressure, but it was different. It was, I guess I was more excited about it versus being nervous about it. Um, I guess nerves are uh, a good thing sometimes, so obviously it means it something's making you excited or wanting to have it. So it's only natural. Um, some people face it better than others, but in that moment, um, I was more excited, I think.
1: Well, it's good to be engaged, isn't it? It's only when it starts to paralyze you that you're in trouble.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Uh, tell us about the experience of competing in the Olympic Games in Tokyo last year where you tied fifth in the individual women's section.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I wish I could have gotten the full experience. I didn't stay in the village or even visit the entire week. Um, the golf course was about an hour and a half, uh, car ride. And then by the time you got from the, the actual village to the car park, it was another 30 minutes. So to travel two hours, just one way, um, was not something that we decided to do. So We just got a hotel instead. Um, We had the entire team, not everyone, but most of our team um, staying at the hotel um, and just was in our little bubble there. So it was a lot of fun. Um, It was great to see so many people that I hadn't seen in, you know, 12 to 18 months. Um, It would have been amazing to have spectators as um, women's golf in Japan is um, so dominant over there, but there are that many volunteers that they you know, were clapping and applauding us when we did things really well. So um, it was amazing to see the support that I had as well from coming, you know, from home. Um, But yeah, it was great to be in contention and tried my best on the back nine. I would have wanted no rain delay. I think that could have, you know, bettered my chances on possibly getting a podium finish, but I'm very grateful for the experience. Well,
1: the charge certainly had Australians sitting on the edge of their seats, I can tell you that much. (laughs) Uh, Now, there's also the million dollar prize for the Aon Risk Reward Challenge, which you won at the end of last year. Uh, You've said that you'd like to buy a house with that. Have you had any luck with that so far?
0: No, um, with the market being so crazy, I mean, everywhere in the world, but um, even Perth, I have not found anything that I like, but I think I'm going to wait as I will be on the road for the next nine months. Um, I will be returning to Perth, but I don't want to put too much pressure on myself and don't want to rush into things. But that's definitely going to be the next uh, big purchase. So hopefully within the next 12 months, I can find something.
1: The restrictions around the pandemic have, as you say, affected your playing schedule quite a bit, including forcing you to miss the inaugural WPGA Championship in Queensland earlier this year, won by your very close friend Sue O. Oh. Is wrestling with Sue and others next year for the Kauri Web Cup one of your goals going forward?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I was super bummed when I um, decided that I had to withdraw from the tournament um the reason why I had to withdraw is because I had my best friend's wedding in february so to go over to queensland and come back to western australia in quarantine it just wouldn't have made any sense um so yeah i was disappointed to not be there but it was also great to see sue win as well um so yeah i mean each week i compete against sue but perhaps it's a little bit different when we're in australia and you know two aussies are trying to get that trophy but uh, i looked forward to it and i'm sure she does too
1: You've been doing quite a lot of mentoring yourself, such as doing a webinar during the player series Rosebud and spending a lot of time with young fans as well as playing with emerging players both at the Vic Open and at Cobram and on other occasions. What is the most common question that they ask of you?
0: Um, I would say when like practicing um you know the transition from when you're in school to then you know possibly finishing school and just how you you can use your time wisely i think that's probably the most common question i get um and i, I don't know if i'm the best to answer it as i really wasn't at school all that much in my last two years but i mean everyone's so different so I'm, i tell them what i do but i tell them that it's not the way that has to be done so everyone is yeah so unique in that sense and i guess that's why i enjoy the sport so much because we do also get to choose our own hours and put the motivation in ourselves
1: is there a question they haven't asked that perhaps they should do you think
0: um i mean even though i'm i'm a professional and i've been doing this for six years there's still so many things that i learn along the road so even i sometimes have questions for others that i didn't really think of but Um, I'd say most of the questions that they ask are fair, you know, what's it like when we travel over in the States and things like that, Um, but I don't really think I can remember anything off the top of my head that they might or should have asked or I should tell them about.
1: Hannah, the latest Australian major winner is Minji Lee, a fellow sand groper, at the Vic Open, besides yourself as the winner, the leading amateur was Kirsten Rudgeley, a very talented player from your own club, Mount Lawley. Uh, Whitney Hillier was great over the summer events. Um, at Cobram, the equal runner-up was Hayden Hopewell, an amateur from Royal Fremantle. And young Sheridan Clancy from Lake Caranup won the junior section. Is there something in the water in WA to be producing so many quality golfers at the moment?
0: I've been asked this question quite a lot over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours and I'm not really sure what it is. Um, I think we all um, drive off each other's successes. Um, We're all pretty close-knit over there. Um, A lot of us see the same coaches. um, So we're seeing each other quite often and um, practicing together and being competitive. So I think it's great that now things are going to start to get normal for West Australians and we can continue to compete. Um, at a professional level and at an amateur level. So it was great to see both Hayden and Sheridan have such great weeks last week and um, Kirsten obviously had a great week um, at the Vic Open. And Hopefully with the Athena on this weekend, she can come out a, a victor as well. It'll be
1: interesting to see how they all go from here. I think we can expect to see some really good things from not just the ones we've mentioned but some of the others that are developing over there. Now, we can't let you go without mentioning the now famous shoey. You had Monica Marchesani from the National Golf Club on your bag for the Vic Open and at Cobram, and she joined you for the second shoey, which must have been some kind of an experience for her. Uh, the important question out of all of that is, did the pair of you go to the local chemist for some antibacterial mouthwash on the way home?
0: <laughs> that was definitely not on our mind at all. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm hoping that the, the uh, alcohol wasn't in the shoe long enough for it to go quite that far, but, um, luckily Adidas is uh, sending me some new shoes and yeah. I think Monica has already washed her shoes a couple of times. <laughs> um, yes, this, hopefully this, um, as much as fun as a shoey was with Monica, I do hope that that's my last one for quite some time. Even if I do continue to win <laughs> championships around the world,
1: Well, between the bucket hat and the shoeies, you've become something of a cold hero as well as a champion golfer. How does all the extra media attention sit with you? Are you comfortable with it?
0: Um, I think I am becoming a bit more comfortable with it. Um, When I won in two thousand nineteen KPMG, that was my first real insight to what um, a lot of the girls do each week. So um, I think from that experience, I've definitely grown a bit more and. um, I think I've accepted that's what comes with, you know, being a a professional golfer and hopefully a successful one. So um, I think it's good to do the media here in Australia because, again, I don't get to um, do all that much and play all that much here at home. So um, hopefully it's not only growing my own um, profile, but it's also growing women's golf and golf within Australia.
1: Hannah, what are your goals going forward for 2022?
0: Yeah, um, I hope to have a couple more wins this year. Um, top 10 in the world is a big gold mine. And in order to achieve that, I'm going to have to get back into the winner's circle. And um, with the year that I had in 2019, it's obviously possible. So I feel like I'm in a better mind frame and in a phys- better physical state than I was then. So um, hopefully I can achieve that. But it's hard to win out on the LPGA. There's so many talented players. So... Um, So long as I'm staying happy on the golf course as well, that's another big goal of mine too. Hannah, it's just
1: been fantastic to talk with you today about all your wonderful achievements so far. And no doubt there are many more ahead of you as well. There's a lot of claim on your time now, more so than ever. So we thank you for so generously giving so much of it to us today. And we're waiting to see what the next post-victory celebration looks like. (laughs)
0: maybe not a shoey, but definitely celebrating. And thank you for having me.
1: I hope you've enjoyed our time with Hannah as much as I have. Hannah's achievements are all special, but this particular one is one for all time, and it couldn't happen to a better person. Hannah is very mindful of the role her growing profile in the game can have on encouraging other women in golf, and her talking with us today is a fine example of that respect. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let fellow golfers know we're here either by word of mouth, sharing a link, or leaving a favorable rating or review. The more people who come to the show, the more visible we can make the stories of women in golf and of the men who support them. If you'd like to have new episodes delivered completely free of charge to your phone as soon as they're available, you can hit the subscribe button next to the t 42 podcast on your phone podcast app. And if you have any questions or have someone in mind whose story you think might be interesting, please feel free to shoot me an email at hello at t dot au. t for 2 is produced on the traditional country of the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation in Victoria and offers respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. I'm really looking forward to catching up with you for our next Tea Time together. Our next guest is also someone whose story you will enjoy, so look out for that one. Until then, have fun in golf.
0: Thanks for listening to T for Two. To check out other episodes and to keep up to date with what's happening in women's golf, please head over to teafortwo.com.au.